Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary Fran and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant. Hey everyone, before we dive into this week's episode, we have a resource that we wanted to tell you about. Transform every week of yours with our brilliance bit that will deliver right to your email inbox. Sign up for it at brilliantlyresilient.net and keep living brilliantly resilient. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. I'm Kristen Smedley here with my buddy, Mary Fran Bontempo, and another buddy of mine <laughs> from up here in Bucks County, but she is now in sunny Florida. We have Gabby Drobot here with us today, and I am so excited, and I know her mom is so jealous because I get to talk to her, and Agnes does not. Oh. <laughs> anyway, I want to read you this statistic. So so Gabby is is in college at Lynn University in her second year uh, down in Florida. And I wanted to read you the statistic where we are gonna begin this conversation. According to the National Library of Medicine, 50% of college students report daytime sleepiness and 70% of college students get insufficient sleep. Now, like I said, that came from the National Library of Medicine, but it's actually from an article that Gabby herself wrote. And it when I read the article, I about lost, well, I did lose my mind and I instantaneously was like, we have got to have you on to talk about this. This was actually, uh, I don't have the title of the article here. Here, the title of the article was Deglamorizing the Lack of Self-Care in College Students. So first of all, Gabby, thanks so much for, for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So let's dive into this. You know, this caught my, it caught my eye and it actually, it kind of was one of those little sucker punches to my heart of, of these, these situations that college kids are in. And honestly, my, right about the time that you released this article, my Mitchell called me and said, mom, I got to come home. I need a reboot. And I was thinking, oh my God, not everybody has that opportunity. He only lives an hour and a half away at college and he could come home for a night and reboot. So let's start with why, why you were, why you wrote the article, um, what prompted you to do that? Yeah, so um, I would say my junior year of high school, I began struggling with you know issues with my own mental health and it wasn't something that was very familiar to me. Um, something that wasn't talked about much in my family, more in a sense that you know I think my parents both didn't really not believe in mental health, but didn't face the issues firsthand that they knew of. Um, so I began struggling about my junior year, and I just noticed that I, it was so hard to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> That's mm. the easiest way to put it. It's like everything feels like it's like piling down on you all at once. And even like the slightest inconvenience feels like it could, you know, be detrimental to your entire day. So um, th I began struggling and I began talking to my parents and I was like, listen, like I'm falling behind in school. I'm not, you know, I'm having trouble getting to school in general. I was, you know, absent all the time. And I was like, I think that the best thing for me would be switching to online school. My parents were like, absolutely not. <laughs> they were like, you are crazy <laughs> if you think that we are going to let you switch to online school. And it became more of like, not that they didn't believe me, but they didn't understand. 
And I was kind of just really persistent with it. I was like, you know what? Like, if I keep going the way that I'm going, it's just going to continue getting worse. And I finally broke through with my mom. It took like, I would say two months, but I broke through with her where she was like, you know what? Okay, I believe you. I trust you. If you think that this is what's best, let's do it. So come January, the beginning of 2020, I start in my new fully online high school, which is, you know, it was weird for me in a sense where like, I felt like I was losing my high school experience, like doing something different. I felt like that I was missing out and I was nervous going into it. I mean, it was something that was not talked about enough and I felt like I couldn't share what I was going through with a lot of people because at the time I don't think it was a normal conversation. Um, so I started online school and then obviously March 2020 happens and everyone's in online school. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not alone anymore. <laughs> you had a lot of company. <laughs> yeah. So um, throughout that whole process, I began, you know, um, going to doctors, talking more openly about what I was going through. Me and my mom have always been, Kristen, you know, me and my mom are like best friends. But I think it kind of opened up a new like sense of like open conversation between us that I was able to tell her what I was going through. And I honestly think it prompted like my siblings and my mom and my parents to realize that, okay, sometimes I struggle too. And like, this mm -hmm. is normal that people are going through this. I know my sister became very open about, you know, her personal struggles after I did as well. And it's like seeing how just me talking about how, I was impacted with my own struggles, seeing how that impacted other people to talk about what they were going through. I was like, wow, if we just made this an open conversation, how many people could this help? Hmm. So come college, I was fortunate enough to get a spot in the paper. And first day they were like, what do you want your beat to be? You know, what do you want to talk about? I'm racking my brain. I'm like fashion. I could do like sports, football. And I'm like, why don't I just do mental health and self-care? It's something that's not talked about enough. And the first article, I was just thinking of like ways to go about it. And I was doing research and there's a lot of conversations about how college students struggle. And, you know, it's not, they don't have enough resources and they don't understand how to get help. But I was like, why? Like trying to think of the root of why do we struggle? And that's how I came up with the, you know, lack of self-care, how we're so open about how, we are doing things that are bad for ourselves instead of being open about things that are good for ourselves. Yeah. So kind of trying to reverse the conversation. You know, it's it. really interesting to hear you say this because the, first of all, the title of the article is brilliant. I mean, in terms of de-glamorizing the, 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 you know, the, the idea that it's somehow cool and expected for college mm -hmm. students to not take care of themselves, you know, like the, 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 the <laughs> think of the movie Animal House. I mean, I know I'm dating myself here, but you know, like, oh, it's wild. It's crazy. We're up all night. We're doing this. We're doing that. And all that stuff is awful for you. I mean, obviously you're going to cut loose a little bit when you're, you're in college, but as a regular practice, it's really bad. So the idea that it's been glamorized all this time, which it absolutely has. And the fact that you're calling it out as that is really is really huge. I mean, it's it's taking the culture and saying the way we've been looking at this culture is bad for us. And mm -hmm. that's like a huge mental shift. So how was this how was this received when you first started putting this out there? So I um 
I pitched the idea to my team at the paper and oh, I had to pitch like three ideas. And they were, it was the first one I pitched and they were stuck on it. They were like, we've never thought of it that way. And I was like, honestly, neither did I. It kind of just came to me and I was like, I feel like I could run with this. Mm-hmm. And I started to like, I had a week to write it and I was just walking around and listening to my friends speak and everyone talk. And I was like, I don't even have to ask people for quotes at this point. Like just the normal conversation is like, I haven't eaten anything today. I haven't, like, I, I only slept an hour last night. And it's, like, almost feels like a competition sometimes. Oh, my gosh. I was yeah. just exactly what it sounds like. Like, yeah. it's a badge of honor to not eat or sleep. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? And it's, well, like, you... why I need to see, like, a badge of honor for, like, when I get a full night's sleep. I want to go around and, like, flaunt that. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, here's here's what I love so much about this. First of all, that just flipping it on its head and let's start making it, you know, glamorous to actually take care of yourself. But also the thing that I I was trying to figure out, why was I so triggered with excitement over this? It's because what you're doing is telling people it's their response. It's, it's our responsibility to take care of ourselves. It's our responsibility to go get the resources that we need and ask for help like you did. It puts all the responsibility and the power back into the college kids, as opposed to this, it's like so many kids in your generation were raised with this, well, and our generation too, this victim mindset, right? Like it is all the other it's the situation's fault. It's the campus's fault. They're, they're cutting back resources. It's everybody else's fault. But you're saying, hey, wait a second. Let's start with taking responsibility. What is within my control, which is a huge piece of living brilliantly resilient? What is actually in my control? And then how can I go out there and be of service to other people and change this whole way of looking at it? You know, it's funny. I, I get a lot of like people on my TikTok all the time and they like show like my TikTok it's like two extremes right it's like people that are like up at like five o'clock in the morning and they're like why am I still on TikTok and then there's the other people that are getting up at five o'clock in the morning and they're going to the gym and they're starting their day and they're making and they're in bed by nine o'clock and I'm like I want to be that person but it's so difficult when you're in college because like last year I felt like my like first year away from home I I went, I went crazy. You know, I was like, I'm going to try. And I had like severe cases of FOMO. I never wanted to miss out on anything. And I began to realize I was like, I can't keep up. Like I can't keep up with my daily tasks when I'm trying to keep up with everything else that's going on. And it was kind of learning that like, that's okay. Like Mm. it's, it's not, you know, this is another article that I'm, I just wrote that's coming out in a little bit. Like the college experience, in a sense, as we see it, like I don't believe that it's really attainable for like anyone if you really think about it. Like if you want to excel in your academics, if you are working at the same time, if you want to be social and have fun, it's almost impossible to do it all at once. Mm-hmm. So what, okay, so then how do you, I don't want to say how do you pick and choose, but how do you find that I hate I almost hate the word balance because it's just an illusion. I mean, we just don't mm-hmm. it's nothing that's <laughs> that's completely attainable and lasting. It's like this constant, okay, well, I'm gonna give a little here and I'll take a little there and, and that kind of thing. But so so how do you do that? And how even more important do you get other kids your age to prioritize the fact? 
that you can't do it all. And somewhere in there, self-care has to be a bigger piece of this. Yeah, I think it was something I definitely began to notice more this year. Um, I took a internship this year and it definitely like cut out more time of my social life. And at the beginning of the year, I was like, this is awful. I loved my work. I love what I do. I, I, I like I love going to work every day. And it's just like then hearing like my roommates at the time, like hearing them like just messing around in the living room. I'm like, oh, I wonder what they're doing, you know? <laughs> so as I like kept going with it and I was only supposed to do it for the fall semester, my internship, and then I got extended and I was, I, like I said, I love my job. So I was like, I have to do this. I got extended and start the start of the spring semester. I was like, you know, I don't really think that what I'm missing out on is like going to be as valuable as what I'm doing in those. I only work for three hours a day, kind of putting into perspective that like it's only three hours. And then after I'm done work, I can go do whatever until it's time for bed. You know, I kind of like chunked off my day in a sense, like my day has three parts, like my morning's class, my afternoon's work. And then at night I can do whatever I want. Hmm. And <sighs> trying, trying to keep it that way is, it's hard, but I try. <laughs> Dude, you just, you're, you're totally describing the brilliant, the resilient process. I mean, this is like the fact that you put it in perspective, right? And then, and then what is in your control and, and what Mary Fran talks about all the time when, when we're out doing programs and all is what is actually true. What is that? And you, you did that whole thing. Like, wait a minute, it is not the entire day. I do have all this other time and prioritizing. And I, I'm just finding it interesting that you're saying, you know, it is almost impossible to do all the things in college. But as you've navigated all this, you are starting to figure out how to do all the things. I think the, the thing is, it's just, this is my challenge too. We can't do all the things all the time with all the time we want to dedicate <laughs> to them, right? Like I would love to be able to watch three hours of reels, <laughs> but then... <laughs> Then no one's doing the three hours of laundry, right? <laughs> I don't know. I think like it's been hard to like something I've realized, especially the second semester as well, is like surrounding yourself with people with common goals that you have too. Like mm. surrounding yourself. And sometimes it takes like a flip of an environment. And even though like there's nothing wrong with the people you may have been surrounding yourself with, but it's hard to you know, stay focused on school, work, and then your time off and to hang out with people when they want to hang out all the time, right? It's almost like, like, it's like the good devil and the, or the, the bad devil and the angel on your shoulder, like yapping <laughs> in your ears. So sometimes I think it's a change of environment. Um, and I definitely think that helped me kind of spending more time by myself, you know? That is so interesting that you say that. Uh, Kristen, uh, Jacob Keneally is coming into my head because this is a this is a, a guy that we use for our web stuff and all. And he he was in college and had a very similar experience where he said he he realized that he kind of had to be okay being by himself just to get his head straight for a while. Mm -hmm. And and consequently, he also realized through that time some people that he kind of had to step away from again, not that there was anything wrong with them or anything like that, but he gave weight to Kristen's point about taking our, your power back to his own goals and his own priorities. And yeah, you got to pick and choose. You're not going to be able to do everything. You're not going to be able to go to every party and, and do all that stuff. But when you prioritize yourself and your goals and look not completely at the future, but enough so that you can make those choices in the moment, 
that seems to be like a good process for helping people your age figure it out. Like get some time by yourself. You don't have to do everything all at once. And I think that like the more you spend time by yourself and the more that you focus on like, especially for me, I can speak only from my experience, but the more that I spent like, I guess like focusing on each section of my day, like while I'm there, that's what I'm focusing on. Like I stopped looking at Snapchat when I'm like, while I'm working, because then I see everyone's out doing, they're at the pool or they're doing something, just stop looking at it. And then after work, I look at it and I can be like, oh, they're doing this now, I'll go. And it's like, the more you do it, it just gets easier and easier and easier. And now I, I can say I don't struggle with FOMO as much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this, though, in terms of I'm thinking about the college experience, because it wasn't that long ago that I was there. Yes, it was. It was. Oh, decades. please. <laughs> I know you're younger than me, but you're not you're not fooling anybody. <laughs> Go back way into the back of my mind and remember. But this concept and this was part of Mitchell just needed to come home, be by himself and reboot. Here's my question. How do you. How literally did you find somewhere to go by yourself? I mean, this whole, I've actually been debating whether dorms are a good idea or not to have to have roommates and all of that. How did you figure that out to, to get some time by yourself? Yeah, um, I am fortunate enough this year to have my own room. And I definitely think that made the difference. I was in a three person last year and last year I definitely struggled. I definitely struggled like getting that time by myself because like, if I had to work like I do, like I do now, like right now I'm in a study room and it's because it's spring break right now that it's open. It's not usually open. There's always people in here. So trying to find somewhere to go and be by yourself, like it's really difficult. And like, like you were saying, like dorms, like, oh, once again, part of the college experience, it's just an added stressor. Yeah. It literally just like having to worry, oh, like, I don't know, like what my roommate's doing at this time, if I'm trying to plan to do this and like just trying to navigate another person's schedule while trying to navigate your own that you're still trying to figure out. So luckily this year I have my own room. Um, I like have a shared living space, I, but like my own, I just close my door and it sucks working in my room. Definitely. Um, I yeah. try to get out. Like if the study rooms are open, I tried like today, I'll probably work in here, but usually they're full. So I just, you know, take my time in my room and then yeah. And then afterwards, I just open my door back up when I'm done work and then people can talk to me. <laughs> well, I think that's important that you're mentioning that there's these, these study rooms. And I want the, the parents that are listening to this to understand that there are things that are on campuses that can be helpful. Because I know from even from Mitch and his girlfriend, like they were just getting he just needed to step away because there's four roommates in the apartment and he has his own bedroom. And then, but they, he said, mom, all there's like six of them are together all the time. And he's like, we're just getting on each other's nerves. And I said, you, aren't there places that you can go like a library or something? So there are things like that study rooms. And I've seen his campus. There are like their Starbucks has a, I mean, it is huge in the student center to have some place. I mean, yes, there's going to be people around, but you can be by yourself without other people. One of the suggestions I gave them too, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. Um, I said, you know, go online and look at all the clubs that are available. Because you said something earlier about that you found people with goals like yourself and, and your friends, maybe the group was switching a little bit. Do colleges typically have a list of these clubs somewhere where kids can go and find like-minded people like them? Yeah, so I know my school does like um, in the beginning of every year, there's like a student involvement there. 
um mm. where they like all the clubs come out but i i did not join a club until january of this year and honestly i felt like i was more afraid to join something my first year because i was like well now i have class and i have to go to a club and now i'm losing my social time again you know but it ended up that i go to the i go to my meetings at nine o'clock on friday morning so i don't usually have classes on friday so i lose a social night out on a thursday whatever honestly it's been the greatest thing i get more work done i get all my work done for the weekend and wow. then I go to it on Friday at 9.30. It's till 12.30. And then the rest is on your own work. But just being in that, like, the sense of community and, like, people that enjoy writing. Because, like, writing is what I love to do. I And then throughout the week, I get to work on it by myself. And then I'm an editor as well. So I get to go through everyone's work. And it's just nice to see, like, people improving. Like, people that weren't good at writing in the beginning. And now, like, we're on week six. And, like, how much, like, they've just improved. Like, I don't know. It's just nice to see. You know, it's really funny to hear you talk about um, the shift kind of, of, of the, the whole FOMO thing where you think that that social interaction is everything. And I'm not certainly taking away from the fact that that's a really important part of college, but it's not everything. You not know? And, if, and if you miss, if you miss, you know, a couple of gatherings or whatever, I'm pretty sure the general tone of that is going to be the same as the next one you go to. You mean, I mean, like, you know, mm -hmm. nothing so dramatic is it's unlikely to happen that if you don't go to that particular, whatever it is, the next one's right around the corner. So go to the next one. As you said, yep. it's a matter of, you know, that balancing your priorities, but making sure that your priorities are in there and, and mm -hmm. not, the general idea of what a college life is supposed to be. But that being said, how much is fun important? Like you talk about, you got school, you have work, you have clubs, you have this, you have that. Like how much is fun important and are students prioritizing just that enough? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I definitely think that for a lot of people, especially here in South Florida, I feel like fun sometimes becomes like overrides as like the first priority. And that's where it gets difficult <laughs> to, the to balance. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the problem. Yeah. But like the way that I've tried to like, you know, place it into my mind is that after the club meeting on Friday, I have my Friday night, the rest of Friday, my whole day, really. I have all of Saturday and all of Sunday. And then I reboot again on Monday. You know, that's still like th almost three days out of my week. That's, you know, it's it's kind of just putting it into perspective. And I definitely think that everyone's different, though. So the people that I was surrounding myself with prior, I felt like were very fun focused. And that's a, if that's how you want to be, that's a great way to be. And I had a lot of fun doing it. But then I realized that I was lacking in every other area. <laughs> every other area. <laughs> Sleep, eating, school, everything was just... Yeah out the window but yeah. I do think that there is definitely like some people that I've met over the past few weeks um I think like I meet a few people and I'm like I think they might need to have fun you know they're <laughs> yeah. too focused and like yeah. it's something to be really goal-driven and I've noticed that like I think sometimes that I'm going way too fast like I I'm going to graduate next year I'm going to be 20 and I'm like Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm like, would my parents kill me if I dragged out my last year for like two years? <laughs> because I just am like, oh my God, the real world. Like, so I'm, 
trying not to lose that aspect of fun, but I think that creating that balance also with like just having the weekends to have fun is also realistic for everyday life as well. You know, mm -hmm. it is. And I, I think that's like a good mindset to have because it's setting me up to like not have complete shock when I graduate and go into the real world. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm sitting here, Gabby, listening to you. And I'm like, you've had all my worlds collide today because you just talked about being the editor and you kept saying, I get to do all of this and I get to, you know, watch these people improve and I get to. And one of the biggest things in terms of, uh, of, when we teach principles of success, that one of the biggest elements of successful people is that they look at what they're doing as, oh my gosh, I get to do this, as opposed to people that are saying, oh, I have to do this and I have to do this. And you're really, you're really in your, your zone of brilliance and having a lot of success. And what I love about it is the fact of where we started this conversation 20 minutes ago, your junior year in, in high school, when you have the big sucker punch and you're trying to figure it out. And, but you knew, you knew yourself and what you needed. And I just, your mom and I laugh about it all the time because listen, you, you had to convince her about online school. And then she comes out in our town and says, my daughter's going to do online school. People were like, whoop, not so, right? And then the whole world was doing online school. It was just so funny because then it was like, duh, these guys are already doing it. It was hilarious. Like, Ha, huh. you know, but you knew what you, you needed. You asked for help and then you went through this whole transformation to now watching you beam, you know, with, with, and you're still figuring out. I think it's important for parents that are listening to this to understand that this is, and, and college kids that are listening to this, it's a process. And sometimes you, mm -hmm. you're in that zone where you figured it out and things are going good. And then something else you come up against and, and you go right back to the starting point of figuring it out again. Yeah, no, I definitely think that's a really important, like, point to, like, like, focus on is, like, it's not all sunshine and rainbows all the time. Like, there are some days I wake up and I'm like, I don't want to go to class. I don't want to write my article and I don't want to go to work. But <laughs> it's finding, like, the difference between now and then is going back to my junior year in high school, I just wouldn't have. I would have done anything in my power to make sure that I did not do it. Whatever excuse I had to come up with, I had it, right? I feel like I could have written a, a book of excuses. And now it's just kind of like knowing that if I don't force myself to get up and do it, that it's like kind of creating a downward spiral for yourself. It's so easy to fall back into like mm. something that's comfortable. It's so much easier to lay in bed and watch TikTok. So much easier. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I um, I'm listening to you talk about all of these things and how you're adjusting your mental, you know, states of mind. And it is an adjustment. You know, people talk about mindset all the time and it is looking at your mindset with intention. But it also seems to me that a lot of it is about trusting yourself and giving power to your own feelings. If you're feeling something and experiencing that, you have to acknowledge it regardless of what the outside world tells you it's supposed to be. So is that a big part of it for you? Like getting to that place where you, you trust your feelings now, and you know that we had a guest on not too long ago who said that they were indicators 
of something that you have to address in your in your life is that how you're looking at it 100% like when I go back and think about it if I didn't trust myself when everything went wrong I don't know if I'd be in college today I mean I, I'm not a school person you know and if I didn't trust myself and I think a big part of it too is like listening to what you're feeling and even though like when I first started feeling it I was like am I going crazy like, like this is not normal but like what I'm trying to do with writing as well as like trying to let people know that it is completely normal and I think that the more that people talk about it, the more that like people are inclined to reach out and help because at the end of the day I trusted myself but I was only a kid and it was having someone else trust me too because I technically couldn't have made those changes by myself yeah right if I didn't have my mom trust me then I wouldn't have been able to be where I am now and I think that that's something I'm learning more and more is that everyone goes through horrible stuff and I think like it's having just a helping hand which sounds like so simple in a sense but like even like the slightest things can help someone out and I think that you know like spreading awareness about what people are going through like we'll just in like incline people to reach out and help you know I think you're exactly right and I'm sitting here thinking at one of my most horrible mom moments um and I only bring this up because I want people to understand how important this is we're talking about having you know making this a conversation and bringing awareness and everybody goes through some stuff, but even in our own homes. So when I was going through the initial years of my divorce, I was seeing a therapist. I never told my kids I was seeing a therapist. I would say I had a doctor's appointment. I was so mm -hmm. in this, I don't know what it is, a shame thing, or I guess I needed them to believe that I was, I was strong. I'm going to take care of everybody and didn't want them to know I was seeing it. So then when everything hit the fan and they really needed therapy I'm like now I'm trying to talk them into going to therapy when they had no idea that I was there I'm like it was this whole, I was like what is the matter with you so then I said guess what you guys I've been going to therapy all this time they were like what mm -hmm. and then but it was such a hard sell for them because then it was like well why wouldn't you tell us that and they're like because it's it's you shouldn't be going to therapy that means that you're and I'm like oh my god I just solidified all of their fears and I'm like no here's the whole thing so we had to really talk through that and then convince them to get into therapy but I was the worst role model because all I had to do is if I would have just had that open conversation hey yes I will protect you and take care of you but I need I'm asking for some help from from a professional mm -hmm. to be able to do all of that what an easier time it would have been for them to reach out for help too they do now because we had that horrible year of trying to figure it out they do the boys I mean on their campuses they reach out whenever they need to yeah I think that's definitely like I don't think you're alone in that sense. I think my mom could probably say that she felt the exact same way that she did listen to me earlier. Um, and I think that's because it's not an open conversation, like in society, like we're like, kind of like, if you told me even like six years ago, seven years ago, that like, I will randomly call my mom and be like, I am just like, not doing well. I don't want to get out of bed. You know, like, I just feel like I can't go to class today. And like, and my mom would come back and tell me and be like, if you need a day, it's okay. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, you're out of your mind. She would be like, get out of bed, <laughs> go to school and stop complaining, right? It's like <laughs> seeing that shift over time is 
I don't know. It's nice to see, but I think that a lot of people can say that they felt the exact same way that you felt because it's everyone's like this. And I think it's becoming more open now, but it's not open enough. Yeah. Well, I for I for one have been crazy for a very long time and went to therapy many, many, many years ago for a very long time. So I actually did used to say to my kids that they could they could take a mental health day back when they were in Mm -hmm. high school. And and I do think it's really, really important, as you said, for for people to advocate for themselves until somebody hears them. Mm -hmm. You have to. You, just because somebody's not listening doesn't mean your feelings are invalid. You you have to speak till somebody hears you. And as Kristen said, and to your point earlier, you have to take responsibility for those things that you can do to help yourself, like getting enough sleep and, you know, figuring out the blocks of time in your day and all of those tips that you really gave us for people to use to help themselves. So, I mean, Gabby, this has been a phenomenal conversation. I mean, we could talk to you for hours more. I mean, can you, is there <laughs> anything you want to leave with, with people like a kind of a closing, if any, if nothing else, take this away from the conversation? Yeah, I think if, if nothing else, take away that it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to listen to yourself, um, what you're feeling is completely like you said completely valid and someone will eventually hear you even you just got to keep going and someone someone somewhere they'll listen (laughs) where can we find your article and where can we get more of gabby's brilliance because you are you are on your way girl i'm just telling you (laughs) i appreciate it um i have articles go up every week it's um lynnipulse.org also on Apple News, if you search Lynn Ipulse, it will come up. And I do all the mental health articles. Awesome. All right. And we got to do our real quick, rapid reset for people that need that super quick reset their mindset and, and start living brilliantly resilient. So what song, oh, this will be interesting. <laughs> this will be interesting in your age bracket. What's your go-to song on your playlist right now that just gets you in the mood to, to keep on moving forward? It's been the same probably for the past two years. And it's by like someone that I feel like you guys might not know, but it's called The Difference by Flume. And it doesn't even have that many words, but like, it's just like the beat is so good. And I love like, whenever I'm listening to it, my windows are down in my car and I'm lucky enough I'm in Florida. And it's just like, it's the best feeling ever. I can be so sad and I play it. And I'm just like, yes. <laughs> the Difference by Flume. All right, I'm looking it up. I'm going to add it to mine. The Difference, that's awesome. How about uh, something that that when you think about it, you just laugh hysterically? Yeah, <laughs> this one was hard. I feel like because there's so many that I could think of. <laughs> so I'm lucky enough to say that. I also cry every time I laugh really hard. Like it's just, it's not easy. It's not difficult to make me cry. But immediately I thought of when I was in middle school, when I was in middle school, me and one of my, still my best friends, Julia, were just hanging out, having a sleepover in her basement. And we were playing this game that I later come to realize is actually a drinking game, but we were playing it with water bottles. We didn't know. We were just, we were playing it with just regular like Kirkland water bottles. And you had to hit the water bottle and chug it as fast as you can. And I just remember I dove for the ball and I looked up at her and her cheeks are just full of water and she just spewed it everywhere. She couldn't, she couldn't <laughs> hold it together. And I mean, it was like one of those where like 
you're you're silent you're laughing so hard like there's no noise coming out anymore like it's just like you, you got to catch your breath <laughs> well okay. your mother always has me uh, having water and whatever come out of my nose she makes me laugh so hard <laughs> <laughs> so i would think that getting this article published would be your rock star moment but what is a rock star moment that you can recall for yourself I know getting getting having the first one come up was definitely like super exciting but I think when I think my biggest rock star moment was actually when I got the phone call that I got the internship that I have now I I spent the summer doing like unpaid internships and I was babysitting and I felt like I was doing all this busy work and I was like why am I doing this and then like getting the call that I was getting like you know, a, a position at a place that also makes a difference in other people's lives. It was like, oh my God, like this is real. I was babysitting at the time and I was like, no way on the phone with the person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm sure they appreciated your enthusiasm. <laughs> I know. Afterwards, I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> Gabby, this has been a real pleasure. And, and I, you know, I, for one, as I said, having, having, been a big proponent of therapy and and all that stuff for a long time and mental health days I, I am so happy for everybody but especially people your age that you're doing this kind of work thank you thank you thank you guys for reading the article and appreciating it that definitely makes me feel good and makes me want to keep writing them so oh well you need to keep writing because i yeah. i am such a fan <laughs> of your style and all the stuff that you have putting out there so it was awesome to check in with you today gabby thanks for being here and thanks everybody for listening if you need a one minute reset each week we will deliver one right to your inbox go to brilliantlyresilient.net and click the box to sign up for the brilliance bit and we will keep you living brilliantly resilient we'll see you next time thanks for tuning in to the brilliantly resilient podcast Join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance.